0: I dealt with Peter and John's arrest, and um, they're released from prison, they go back to their own companions, and they pray to God that they never have to go through anything like that again. Is that what they prayed? What did they pray? For boldness. For boldness, absolutely. Which is an amazing thing to pray for in that situation, and uh, the Lord shook the place, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness, kind of... uh, amazing to think that they began to speak with boldness here uh,
1: they've
0: <laughs> already demonstrated a whole lot more of that than what we have so uh, it's very encouraging the attitude that they have and what we do here now is go to another one of these little summary sections uh, this is going to be a summary section that ends with a specific event uh, but, but you've got some of these where are just kind of saying alright here's what's been happening or here's what's going on among the brethren so would somebody read 32 to 37? Now the
2: multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of these, any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Uh, nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one to each as any one had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet.
0: So again, as we saw in Acts chapter 2, you see this attitude on the part of the Christians. Great unity, and not just a superficial unity, but a heart and soul unity. I mean, they really loved each other as the same family, really cared about each other. And uh, as a result of that, how did they view their possessions?
1: Common property.
0: Yeah. They didn't think of what they had as theirs. You know, they viewed all of this as being the Lord's, first of all, and then as belonging to each other. And that's just such an amazing attitude. It's kind of the attitude that you expect to have in a family, that you know, you kind of share with each other. I mean, you know, uh, parents usually don't say, you know, this is mine, you can't have this. You know, this is my food, you go get your own, Mm. you know, that kind of stuff. You know, this is my house, you can't live in it. You know, it's kind of like we share these (laughs) things together. You know, and so the brethren saw what they had that way. And uh, as he comes down in 34 and 35, you know, he makes it more explicit that they didn't have any needy people among them. Uh, they had plenty of needy people, but they weren't any more because all who were owners of land or houses, and this is probably a better translation uh, this, as far as the tenses are concerned, would sell them and bring the proceeds. This was not like one sale for all times. This was kind of a continuing process. As needs arose, more brethren would sell land or houses and give the money. So they didn't just dispose of all their property at once, and evidently some brethren continued to own some things. So it wasn't like just, uh, you know, we're gonna have a sale day and we sell it all. But they would continue to do that and give it to the apostle, and the apostle would give it to who needed it. So, just tremendous example of, of generosity and of that unity among the brethren. So that's one of the points that's made here. It's just the attitude they had toward those their possessions, and and very parallel to what we read in Acts two. Do you have some comments and questions on that?
3: How do you explain in 33 where he talks about this great or abundant grace that was on them all in the context of what he's saying?
0: Yeah, that's, that, you know, 33 is kind of, uh, almost interrupts the idea of 32 and 34 and 35. But in, in 33, you know, he talks about the power that the apostles had in preaching the resurrection. And that was, you know, that was their their focus. And he says that abundant grace was upon them all. I think the idea is God's, um, maybe his spirit of grace filled them so much that then that leads into 34 and 35. They were giving people. They were were gracious because they had the grace of God. It's kind of like having the love of God in us, which enables us to love others. So they had the grace of God in their lives that enabled them to give to others. I think that's the point in the context. So really the preaching leads to their experiencing God's grace and their sharing their possessions
3: and giving them to those who had need. So they're mimicking God.
0: Yes, they are. They are. Um, When we receive... We should give you know i mean you know that's i mean giving is is so much a part of what the lord has done for us you know it, it just seems so uh, wrong to receive so much and give so little you know it's like god forgiving us and us refusing to forgive you know someone else you know the points made in the story in matthew 18 god forgave so much to us that we refuse to forgive this little debt well god gives us so much and then we refuse to give a smaller amount to others god loves us so much and then we're stingy in our love toward others it's really like what god has has shared with us he he shared with us so that we can send it on to others uh, the, the the that sea song there's a sea which day by day, you know, the contrast between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee, the things God gives us, he doesn't intend to end with us. He gives them to us that we would pass them along. So so I think definitely God's grace that we've received is is how then we give uh, what we have to others. Comments? Comments?
4: Somebody read this passage once and, um, and said this looks an awful lot like communism. You know, this equalizing, sharing everything, everybody's on the same level, but it seems more that they, they're taking care of each other's needs. They're not putting everything in a pile and distributing it so that everybody's gets the same amount of stuff. Um, they don't yeah. really seem to care about stuff at all.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It's kind of funny you know if it were communism then okay you know so it's like well that would be the kiss of death Um, but but i agree with you i'm not it doesn't look to me like the text is saying that this is like a forced sale that everyone has to liquidate all their assets and put it in a common pool and then take out from it and we'll see in the next chapter when Ananias and Sapphira sold their property, they were not required to give it all. It was still theirs and they could have kept back some of it. So this doesn't seem to be a forced thing at all. This seems to be a, a, a voluntary, almost a spontaneous thing on the part of the Christians, that they loved each other and they received so much from the Lord that they were choosing to share with those who had need, the brethren who had need. That's an amazing thing, just that, that whole attitude. So I think it's different from communism in that sense. Uh, that it isn't it isn't like you know everything
5: and it's it's not a forced thing even even if they were let's just assume for a minute that they were selling everything, putting it all in a pot and dividing it up equally I mean we could still we look at other examples and people didn't do that so it's not like it was a required thing so even if at the beginning of the church, they decided to do that. I mean, we, we could still view it that way and not be, you know, not make it a a, a command where we all have to do that because of other sure. examples. Sure, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and even, but I mean, the thing it is, I think you've got even other examples here in, you know, the book of Acts in Jerusalem. I mean, Mary had that house they met in in Acts 12. I mean, She evidently hadn't sold it, you know. And, I mean, you know, as you see Barnabas and then Ananias and Sapphira sell, well, they evidently hadn't sold yet for Max 2, you know. I mean, it it seems like this is, even in the context, something that's happening a step at a time. But you're right, there are other passages to talk about, even those who are rich in this world.
5: It it appears that we look at this and we have to... We have to... uh, explain it away to make sure that somebody doesn't think they were selling everything when that really wouldn't make a difference. We almost look at it as, a, well, if they were selling everything, we have to sell everything. If they weren't, then we don't. But the fact is, they could have been, and we still don't because of the examples that you've just pointed out. That That is my point. If somebody wants to believe that they did sell everything that they own and put it all in a pot and divided it up, Okay, that doesn't change. Okay, like and yes,
0: essentially, what you're saying is that would be an option, but because of other passages, we know that that didn't have to happen. Yes, it, because I do think we ought to see this as a model. I do think this is this is an example to be followed, not that you know every detail is always the same in every passage right. and things like this. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think our pro, I think our challenge is not to water it down to the point where we don't take seriously the responsibility to share with one another in whatever ways we have opportunity and there are needs that ought to be characteristic of us obviously there's plenty of passages that say that besides these like i just said in first timothy 6 talking about those who are rich to be rich in good works you know, generous, ready to share, you know, things like that. We've got plenty of passages that say we ought to share, we ought to be generous. That ought to be a part of our
3: character. It's a very inviting passage. I mean, it's just, it's warm, it's appealing. It's like you, for me, I want to be a part of that. Yes. While at the same time, it's like, wow. You know, they were were giving up stuff of this world, which is not many times our first,
0: yeah, we'd like to be part of it as long as we didn't have to give anything.
4: <laughs>
0: we had some extra.
3: Yeah, well, that's, isn't that the truth,
0: though? And I mean, really, what costs us little is worth little. You know. But yeah, you, you're right. We we love the idea, abstractly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, you look at his example with this Joseph that they called Barnabas. I mean, I really don't, I mean, there's nothing in the text that makes me think. He did this reluctantly. What a blessing to be able to share with your brethren. You know, and he was, he was even, you know, renamed Barnabas, son of encouragement. He was an encouraging guy, eager to share, eager to bless. And we ought to be like that. We ought to be the kind of people eager to do what we can to serve. You know, and you see Barnabas doing that all the time. That's just the kind of guy he was. This is another example with this Joseph slash Barnabas um, and so uh, something we're going to see over and over again and that is um, a character that will become a main character is first brought onto the stage in a very minor role. There are lots of examples of that. I really, somebody start keeping a list. This, this is the first one we've had so far, isn't it?
4: Any other we've had?
0: I don't think we have. But you'll have, I know we've got, I bet there's some more. Uh, I, I really would like to kind of keep track. But I know we've got Barnabas like that, Stephen, Philip, Saul, uh, James, the Lord's brother, Silas. There's six I can think of right now where they were mentioned briefly in a very small role before they are brought on for a much greater role. That seems to be a way Luke wrote this book a little bit. He chose often to present a character in a minor role before he shows in a major role.
1: Doesn't
3: sound like Debbie, does it? Do you think that's just the way he's sharing it? Or do you think that that's also just the... Is that perhaps a pattern for, you know, people being developed? Well, I I would take
0: it it's done so much as maybe kind of literary stuff, Okay. Because, I mean, the thing of it is, he chooses what he's reporting. Mm-hmm. So... You know, he could have chosen not to report certain things, but he seems to like to report things that introduces to somebody that will be important later on. you to think Saul holding their cloaks. You didn't need to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so. And even this is. Now, this is important maybe in the contrast with Ananias and Sapphira, but, but the text would have been fine without it. You know, we got the same idea. So I, I think that he's he he tells us that because he likes doing it that way, for whatever reason. All right, comments further on Acts
5: chapter four. What was uh, what was the reason for the original writing of Psalm two and the you know what was the context there? Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise? Well we don't have a
0: context specifically stated, but the idea was the world revolting against God's government (laughs) and God, you know, laughing at him and decreeing that he would install his king that would break them to pieces with a rod of iron like they were just pottery and that they ought to worship the Lord. So it's really just the idea of you know, God's response to man's rebellion. But a specific thing to relate it to, we don't know. Other comments? All right, well, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11.
1: But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge, and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came over all who heard it. The young men got up and covered him up, and after carrying him out, they buried him. Now there elapsed an interval of about three hours, and his wife came in not knowing what had happened. And Peter responded to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, Yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, Why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead. And they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came over the whole church and over all he heard of these things.
0: Okay, so you've got Ananias and Sapphira, they sell some property and what do they do?
2: They lie about how much they sold.
0: Yeah, they do. They keep back some of it and bring some of it to the apostles. Now, I don't know if anybody's got a translation that does this, or if there is one, but in 5.2 when it says they kept, kept back some of the price, literally. It means he pilfered some of it, or he embezzled some of it. You
3: got that in the? I just have a note from some other study, Titus 2.10.
0: Yes, it's the same word used in Titus 2.10. That's exactly right. Only other New Testament uh, use of the word in Titus 2.10 is where they're telling slaves not pilfering, not robbing. So they robbed some of the money. That's also the word used in the Septuagint of what Achan did in Joshua 7 when he robbed some of the spoil of Jericho. Now the question comes, why would he consider this to be embezzlement or robbery for Ananias and Sapphira to keep back some of the part of the, the proceeds? and devoted it to God just like
5: the Spoils Jericho
0: that's what I think I think they had probably pledged all the proceeds from the sale to God they'd given it to God and they <laughs> you know um, you ever had good intentions with giving and then when it came right down to it it's like uh, I don't think
1: I can do that
0: <laughs> you know I don't think I want to do that <laughs> you know theoretically wouldn't you like to give a whole bunch <laughs> Then when Sunday comes and it's like, well, let's see, um, yeah, not quite that easy. So I think that I think they probably had pledged it all. And they wanted people certainly to think that they had brought it all, but they did not. Um, so I think they're partially motivated by greed. But what else are they partially motivated
1: admiration
0: of men. Absolutely. They love money and they love the praise of men at the same time. So they want to enjoy the the glory and the status of having given everything without having to sacrifice everything that they made off that that sale.
3: Somebody pointed out that we spoke earlier of the one heart and soul and yet, you see here, uh, duplicity. Yes. So the, the, the contrast between what was going on there and, and the threat that you know this posed to the church by their actions.
0: Good point. Yeah, they were, they were not single-hearted here at all. And, you know, it's probably seldom that sin comes in a single package. You know, sin often, is several sins together in a lot of events. So I think their greed and their love of the praise of men, you know, kind of fit together here. And so Ananias brings this as if it were all of it. And And what does Peter say to him?
1: Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of
0: the land? Whoa. <laughs> Peter knew. <laughs> Ananias was trying to keep this, uh, you know, hush hush. But Peter knew. And he said, he just told him, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and, and to keep back some of this? Uh, now, you know, back in 431, they were filled with the Holy Spirit but unfortunately in Ananias' case he was filled with Satan you know, something's going to fill your heart uh, but he doesn't have the right thing filling his heart um, does he remind you of anybody else earlier in the book of Acts sort of well, not the whole story earlier in the book of Acts but that Satan hit Judas you see that? Satan entered Judas's heart. His real downfall was money. You know, it's kind of, this may be a stretch, but remember what happened with Judas's money?
1: Bought, field.
0: Bought land. Remember how the Nash and Sapphira got their money? They sold land. <laughs> and uh, neither of them have an honorable burial when it's all said and done. So, I mean, you know, one of the things you just see is love of money and greed is at the bottom of so many sins in the book of Acts. We'll see that over and over again as a real downfall for people. Um, So, they, well, I mean, why does he say to lie to the Holy Spirit? Did, did, Did Ananias lie to the Holy Spirit? (laughs) How did he find him to lie to him?
4: Well, if he had pledged that amount to God and reneged on it, that's dishonesty. It's deceit.
0: Yes. There may be more to it than that. Who would we have said he lied to?
1: Peter and the apostles.
0: But who was in Peter? Peter. The Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. I think this is deeper than just lying to Peter. If they lie to Peter, they're really lying to the Holy Spirit that's in Peter. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can look at, you know, passages like 4.8, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, and 4.31, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, think about why people lie. What's what's the favorite, what are some of the favorite reasons for people to lie? You're afraid. right. fear of punishment, fear of consequences. That's the number one reason, I think. And the number two is the one found here.
4: Right.
0: Yeah, a desire for human praise. A desire to look good, to impress people. That'll make you lie. We've got to really watch those things. In, in all those cases, we're thinking about ourselves. And so, you know, this is, this is a terrible thing. Uh, that Satan filled his heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Peter says, you didn't have to give it all. You didn't even have to sell the land. You know, you could have done what you chose. But no, you had to lie to God. This is not just, this is not just an offense against man. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday who committed a, a sin and confessed it to me. And then in a minute said, you know, I'm really sorry. I, I owe you an apology. I'm, I'm so sorry I did that. Well, it wasn't a sin against me. You know, the sin was drinking. Because <laughs> so they didn't do anything to me. I didn't even see him when they were drinking. So I, I accepted that. I said, I appreciate that. But I said, Really? I was not the offended party. <laughs> That's the Lord. That was really offended. And if we'd see it more that way, it would make a difference. You know, would you just go up and lie to God? that'd be hard to imagine. Whoa, you know, but in a sense, every lie we tell is to God. It, everything we do is in the presence of God. And he knows what's in our mind and in our heart. So that, that's more sobering, maybe, than what we gave it credit for. So what happens to Ananias? Yeah. falls yeah. over dead. It's like that. Wow. <laughs> and they go <could> bury him. <laughs> you know, maybe bury him even faster than normal, because he's been killed by an act of God. Um, this is this is really making a, a strong point. You know, I mentioned that the the verb was the same as used for what Achan did in taking of those spoils, and you remember what happened to Achan and his family? They were stoned. They were stoned. Now, did God stone everybody in the Old Covenant who ever took anything that didn't belong to him? No. And will God kill every couple that lies in the New Testament? No. no. It seems to me like early on in the conquest, and now early on in the conquest in Acts for the kingdom of God, you've got sort of an example being made out of somebody to give an indication of how God feels about disobedience. So this is this is kind of the Lord making a point by Ananias'. Disobedience is, is lying and so forth. Comments and questions on, on Ananias' part of this?
5: was much of a funeral. Quick. I wonder, I mean, it's all speculation, but if somebody died, wouldn't there be an investigation and the family <laughs> wanting to know what happened? and not you tell some, the
1: wife she was a widow before you buried him?
5: Some young, yeah, some young men standing there took him out and Buried him is what it sounds like. That does seem a little quick.
0: Now, I must say, this idea of Americans to wait a, you know, half a week or whatever to bury somebody. Michael Jackson,
5: two months. Or
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brazilians are just floored. When I tell them, you know, sometimes somebody will die and it may be two, three, four days before they're buried. Really? <laughs> Never happens there you know if you died at six o'clock in the morning you'll probably be buried by sundown if you died at three o'clock in the afternoon it'll be the next day Hmm. you know I mean I remember I haven't been to many maybe just one Brazilian funeral just so different this was not a real rich person so we were outside at the cemetery waiting for the Vehicle, No. no. <laughs> <laughs> <Another> person. <laughs> come on, come on, just a little longer. Hey, uh, Quickly. <laughs> waiting for the body to show up from the hospital, and uh, the in the coffin, closed coffin, closed casket, and uh, they they brought it, they put it on kind of a slab, and everybody gathered around, and I, I they had a time limit. I think they had like twenty minutes or something like that. And then they were to take it off to bury it and time for the next. It. it was outdoor, out all outside. I think they may have had some kind of a, you know, tent or something over. It. I don't remember, but that's what that was. That's 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 what they did. And I think I think this was like at six o'clock in the evening. I believe that person had died that morning. So they they a warm body. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. We didn't. It was it was oh, close casket. they may all be. I'm not sure, but so yeah. So burying quickly. It's normal in a lot of cultures. But bearing this quickly? Without notifying the next you can? not What do you think this means?
5: I don't know. We have other examples of people dying. There was loud mourning and... You're right. Lamenting and... Even hired mourners in some cases. And calling notifying people. So, why the difference
0: here? It's an excellent
4: point. Well, oh, Aaron wasn't supposed to mourn the death of his two sons because they died because of their sin.
0: I think that's it. I think this is like the guy's got the plague. Like he contaminates everything. You know, think about it. dying, just killing over by God's judgment right there on the spot. I'm assuming they felt like. They need to get him buried as quick as possible, and that it really wasn't appropriate to to mourn or to have a a funeral or or whatever. That's that's my guess. But this clearly is different than other cases of deaths we see in the New Testament, and, I, and that's my assumption as to
3: why. Well, the way they buried, where they buried kings uh, of shame. Yes. As opposed to kings of honor. Yes. Said you know, communicated how they viewed the individual. Absolutely. Well, you know, and you said, you know, I mean, you
2: said how they were probably like, well, I mean, you know, it would be hard to believe just someone who's just fine just all of a sudden died. I mean, but, but you know, I mean, it does say uh, in verse 5, it said, uh, New King James says, so great fear, I mean, not just fear, but great fear. I mean, it seems like they were really scared. Like, it says, great fear came upon all those who heard these things. I mean, and then the guys went out, you know, and buried them. So, I mean, they're right freaked out, you
0: know. Well, absolutely. Can you imagine this? <laughs> guy comes in with all this money and gives it. Peter confronts him. You lied to God, and next thing you know, this guy drops dead. That's wow. I, this was intended to make a strong point. What would happen if everybody who lied dropped dead on the spot? You want to be a liar? we wouldn't be here but i'll tell you you know what i think I think if that happened maybe we would be here too you know i mean what do you do if uh, if most people who play russian roulette die especially if they play it very often <laughs> what what do people decide to do
1: not place they don't play so <laughs> much. That's exactly right. They
0: cut back. Yeah, to get it back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the
1: risk, the, the risk, and the penalty becomes evident to them in a way that it. But just like law. I
5: mean, yes, exactly. Drug offenses are not very much punished, but in some countries, it's a capital offense. And in those countries,
0: there's no drug abuse. It's a deterrent. That's exactly right. Yeah. So in a way, it might very well be if everybody who lied dropped dead on the
5: spot. It wouldn't take long to... I mean, would
0: you lie if you knew? You'd just drop dead if you will tell a lie. (laughs) I believe we'd be quite careful about that. You know, I remember growing up, you know, this is kind of a bizarre illustration, but it'll work. I remember growing up, you know, hearing those things about seeing eclipses. You know, put you, put your eyes out, you blind you. Oh my goodness, when there was an eclipse, I I didn't even. Oh wow, I had my head down and you know all that. I didn't want to be blinded. You know, that was just that really frightened me when I was young. so I didn't get close to looking at that
1: my grandmothers
0: we had to go in the house we couldn't be outside okay yeah Yeah. so you came grew up the same generation i don't know did you do that debbie uh oh i remember that i can get
1: him probably out there i got the record the sun stare. no i remember that i was just laughing knowing he was totally different than (laughs) us. he just put on his welder's mask and looked in it we did did that same generation, country, city. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, so... But, you know, it's like, man, you do everything possible to avoid lying if you die for it. Well, okay, so God doesn't kill everybody who lies. Well, what, what will God do to people who lie? Judge them. Yeah, all liars have their part in the lake of fire. Which would you rather? Well, that's comforting,
1: isn't <laughs> Yeah.
0: not it? Yeah, which is more severe, dropping dead or going to hell? You know, dropping dead is the easier punishment of that, but, but because the dropping dead is immediate and physical and you can see it, it would motivate us not to lie, knowing we'll be lost, does it? It's, it's really worth thinking about that. Years and years ago, a guy preached a sermon that I have preached a few times, I think it was Tony Peeler, uh, what if punishment for sin were physical? and he went through different examples of where it was for different sins, and what if it were like that today? Well, what is the punishment today? Oh, much worse! But because it's not physical, then it doesn't deter us. It's an interesting thing to think about. But I think it does make a strong point here. And what happens when Sapphira comes in? You probably wonder what happened to Mr. Ananias. I actually
1: have it. Another comment first before we move on.
0: Yes, you might.
1: Um, The burying him quickly reminded me of Jude twenty two and twenty three. And have some and have mercy on some who are doubting, save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Ah. So that's like that's how we deal with sin And, and (laughs)
0: He's like, yeah. <laughs> I like a hot potato. Get him in the ground as quick as you can.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, Savira comes in and, and what do they do with her?
1: Ask a simple question? Yeah.
0: She got her chance to, you know, renounce the conspiracy. But what does she say? She agreed. Yeah. She was an, uh, exposed as an accomplice. You know, she's, oh yeah, that was a price. So her first words in the book of Acts are her last. (laughs) You know, why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? (laughs) We got the people who uh, just buried your husband right back here. They'll bury you too, and sure enough, she dies, and the church is very fearful. Now, you know, what kind of attitude? Do you see Peter having toward the death of Ananias? Is he mourning and regretting it, and really sad over it. You don't see that. This is this is the the right thing. God gave His judgment. I don't think this is to be mourned over. This is to you know appreciate the justice and righteousness of God. That's exactly what they, what ought to happen. We are so squeamish about. You know, punishment. Uh, but but God has every right to do that. And so, did you notice where Sapphira fell? At his
1: feet.
0: Which is the place
1: where the money had been
0: left. Yeah, it's the place where the people brought the money. Probably the place where Adam and put the foot money. Good place for her to fall dead, don't you think? <laughs> right there where that money had been. I think that's kind of uh, amazing.
1: So There are a lot of a lot of feet in this passage. Yeah. It was laid at the apostles' feet and behold, the feet of those who buried your husband yeah, and and then they fell at the feet. You know, mm. A low point, I guess.
3: Anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, I could make comments. Um, great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard these things. Wow. I mean, I bet this sobered the Christians up and probably sobered other people up too and we'll see that a little bit in the next section I mean you know when sin is dealt with strongly it's kind of like church discipline I mean when when there's a stronger line on sin man people people either shave up or shave out you know (laughs) comments and questions on all this with Ananias and Sapphira
1: I know that spirit and breath are similar, so are they, they breathe their last, and the spirit, the same word throughout here?
0: I'm imagining so, but I don't know that for sure.
1: Just kind of, you know, the spirit is in Peter, and the breath comes out of Ananias and out of Sapphira. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And now we know how long it takes to bury somebody in Judea. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long if you want them buried in a hurry.
3: You pointed out how God doesn't choose to punish all who lie like this. Couldn't somebody conclude that God's being unfair to Ananias and Sapphira because they don't have the chance to repent? And yet, those who aren't
0: punished like this would have that chance well i think my answer to that first of all would be repent that time to repent is not an inalienable right you know maybe some people do live longer and have a longer period of time to repent than others nobody said we were owed that so i think that would probably be my biggest
4: answer to that sounds like he was fair to them I and mean, he's merciful to us
0: yeah exactly absolutely what about some guy who you know gets drunk and dies in a car wreck is that fair well I mean probably the people he killed wasn't too fair to them either but the, the God, didn't, God never guarantees us. well I will make sure after every sin you commit you've got at least 36 hours to repent of it or something like that we don't have that kind of stuff it's not in the fine print anywhere. I have not found it. I'm having a harder and harder time reading the fine print <laughs> these days. <laughs> Tell me about Oh, man. i got to go back to the, the eye doctor. <laughs> Can't see anything. All right. Uh, other comments or questions to verse 11?
4: They were being selfish with the money that they kept back, but they're also being selfish with the money that they gave, too. They didn't give it to God. They sort of, they're trying to purchase this respect with the money they are giving. It wasn't any sort of...
0: So they really weren't giving it out of love or concern for the poor, you know? I mean, do you suppose there's really any value before God and things that we do for him just to impress people. Isn't that what Jesus talked about in Matthew six? Says they have their reward in full. Whatever impression they make on people, that's all they're going to get by it. I mean, we need to watch our motives a lot. I mean, if that's what I'm trying to get, well, I might succeed in getting it, but that's all I'll get. Other comments, questions.
1: The uh, in verse nine that they agreed together. It, it just seems like that there's a special emphasis on that being somehow worse than just doing it. I I don't
0: know. I mean, it, or at least shows her involvement with that's that's kind of the way I've seen that but but I suppose it shows it was premeditated
1: yeah. I mean, in legal terms this is a conspiracy yeah two more people acting together over that. yeah and I mean in 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 our legal system the conspiracy to commit a crime is charged and punished the same way as the crime itself so well wow. it's it's considered pretty heinous.
0: Interesting. The lawyer's perspective on the book of Acts. That's helpful. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that.
4: You do something just out of impulse. Losing your time. Yes That's not as bad as, you know, really thinking it through. Do I want to do this? And that really shows more about your heart.
0: And that's certainly that's true. A lot of
4: thought.
0: That's certainly true.
2: This isn't the New Testament I'm talking about when we fall in our weakness but then we all there's also a willful
0: sin where we plan out our sin I don't know where that is. you know what
2: I mean like I, yeah, I don't well, know
0: if it's that clear Well he who yeah. sins willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth there's no more sacrifice for sins that's uh, Hebrews 10.26 Okay yeah that's what I'm thinking of. This reminds me of Adam and
2: Eve in some nice. ways I don't know like just I don't
1: know what to think about but they're like both Together and
0: bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know. Do we have a special category for couples sin? <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought about that. There's not that. really a group discount. So. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: but yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of sad to think about the husband and wife, you know, plotting and joining together in sin for a whole perversion of the concept of the family. Well, yeah that'd be a good couple.
2: A ju- bad couple um I just thought of something else I mean I've never really thought about this so I'm like, but when okay you know we're, we're supposed to give a our own means on the first day of the week and um when two become one like are they supposed is is it okay for a married couple to put in like one check or one amount of money or whatever however they do it or then both individually still as humans supposed to be given you know what I'm saying like
5: how does that work I
0: don't know. You know what I'm asking? <laughs> I do know what you're asking. Okay. okay. Uh, well, um, I mean, from most married couples that I know, they consider what they have to be joint.
4: Right.
0: So, I mean, if they're both <laughs> Christians, they both agree on it. I don't know that writing separate checks is going to count any more than okay. writing one. I've either. never thought about it. I, it
2: just now came to me, so I
0: was like, I just never think about that. So. Yeah, It's, it's yeah. kind of... You always kind of wonder about a couple that, you know, they don't even trust each other enough <laughs> to share a bank account. Not that some people probably shouldn't be trusted that much, but you feel sorry for the couple that can do that. Other comments? I think you get the prize, Ryan. I don't think I've had that question asked to me before, so <laughs> I, I love the creativity in this group. <laughs> I thought every once in right, a while I think, man, I'll never get another question different than what i put
1: my <laughs> in. And,
0: But I come here and write. <laughs> <laughs> it.
1: it's actually it's actually I think a pretty good question to that is a good to question. think about it in the in terms of the wife. I I would say can't can no longer just say, okay, I no longer have any obligations in this regard. Right. And so it's. We may agree that this is the way we're going to do it, and you know, here, honey, I'll write it out and you put it in, or whatever. Get <laughs> the don't whole hand. <laughs> <damn it. laughs> so that you're doing it at one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's still pretty. And then what do you do whenever? Is that what all the ruckus is doing? The-, <laughs> <laughs> the collection. Well, then what, what if he's the one passing the basket and he's on the other side of the, the room? Well, I guess there's
0: no indication here that it would have been bad if they had given it all, if Ananias was the one that actually delivered the money. There <laughs> <So. laughs> Well, how about 12 to 16?
5: <clears throat> At the hands of the apostles, many signs of wonders were taking place in the temple and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. But none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number, to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any one of them. And also the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. Alright, so another one of these summary paragraphs,
0: what do you see happening in verse 12?
5: Signs and wonders.
0: Uh, Who's doing them? Have you noticed just a lot of emphasis on the apostles through all of this? We had it back in 433, we've had it in like 242, and in 243, just the apostles are prime actors at this point, point. and uh, they're able to do these signs and wonders, uh, but what's he had to do with the people about uh, joining up with the Christians?
1: They didn't want to associate with them. Why not? I think they were afraid. Yeah. They they honored them, but they're like, um I don't think I'm ready to make that life or death committee yet. I'm going to stay back over here.
0: I agree. Why?
1: Why which <laughs> Well why
0: why would they what, what what was their what was their fear? Yeah. What if it happened to me?
1: If I mess up just once, this is what's going to happen.
0: So if you aren't serious... I forgot my view. Oh. Well, we'd we'd hate for you to go without that. Uh, (laughs) I used to be a monster. It's dumbed down.
2: Yeah, I started feeling sick, so I I started... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: don't know. I thought maybe this wouldn't be as bad I don't know <laughs> right. yeah I mean you know you're not a Christian you see this and if you're not really prepared to make a serious commitment you wouldn't want to join us. you know I mean think about people today who may unite with Christians on even false pretenses You know, maybe they enjoy being around the Christians, maybe they think it'll make their parents happy, their wife happy, their kids happy, you know, maybe they think it's kind of a rabbit's foot, it'll protect them from harm, it might give them some more money, keep them from dying, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people might sort of superficially, kind of impulsively decide, I'm going to join this, but I bet you wouldn't have done that back here, right after Ananias and Sapphira were killed for lying you like, uh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Now, it doesn't mean that nobody does join them. I mean, verse 14 indicates that more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. So there are people who are converted. There are people who are won over. But the church doesn't lower its standards to win them. Um Doesn't apologize for what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Really? It's probably better for the brethren like this because the church doesn't really grow with half-hearted, worldly, and sincere people. You know, people who aren't really committed to the Lord It's not really going to help the group. So probably in some ways, this kind of purged and purified it and you got better quality people. Comments and thoughts on that idea? Is
1: this... Is this the first place where it talks about multitudes of men and women being added to the church? I think so. Because I know that, you know, the the number was 5,000 men or, or whatever it was before, and it doesn't specifically say. I just think it's interesting that after a story about a man and his wife and her complicity in this sin... That's a good point. ...you have multitudes of men and women being added not just hmm. you know so that it's, it's almost like look there's hope for you too
0: yes That's a good point and also then talks in 15 and 16 about these unusual <laughs> miracles what well, what well, who is who is being healed by peter
1: People who came in contact with his shadow.
0: Yeah, that's a bit uh, different. All it took was his shadow to to heal them, and that surely shows the um, you know impressiveness of these of these miracles. I mean, this is just a very uh, very strong sign. In this reminds you, and we'll see this a lot of some miracles Paul uh, was able to work in chapter 19 where they'd take, like, um, articles of clothing from his body and take them to somebody, and that would heal them. God could heal any way he chose, and sometimes he chose to do it in very dramatic ways that really prove that these are spokesmen from him. Notice in the end of verse 16, they were all being healed. You know, so this was, they were all experiencing God's healing. All right, comments or questions to verse 16.
3: So, this, this is evidence of their prayers being answered from back in chapter 4, 29 and 30. They asked they asked for, for these things. While you, you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And now, that's what we see happening.
0: Amen. Yeah, good point. Other thoughts? Well, this growing um, number of disciples, the growing popularity, there's a backlash. So 17 to 25.
3: But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is, the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. And they laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail, but an angel of the Lord, during the night, opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, he said, Go your way, stand, and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. And upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak, and began to teach. Now when the high priest and his associates had come, they called the council together, even all the senate of the sons of Israel, and sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who came did not find them in the prison. And they returned and reported back, saying, We found the prison house locked quite securely and the guards standing at the doors, but when we had opened up, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them as to what would come of this. But someone came and reported to them, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence, for they were afraid of the people, lest they should be stoned. Okay. Yeah, good.
0: Yeah, where'd you want me to go? Uh, 25. Hours. Okay. Wasn't That's it. Well, I, uh, I wasn't there, I thought, oh. Yeah. No, you guys good. <laughs> go on. You're good. Um, so, this reminds you of chapter 4, except what's the difference? Maybe a couple, but a primary difference. Them in jail they put him in jail up front. There's another difference. They put put him in jail. Who's being put in jail? All of them. All of them. Back in chapter four, it was who? Peter, Peter John. and John. So they are. They're putting all of them in jail. What's the uh, motive the Sadducees have? Jealousy. Jealousy. They are getting too popular. They're too successful. They're kind of stealing the Sadducees' crowd. So they put him in a jail. And overnight, what happens to him?
1: Divine jailbreak.
0: Yeah, what happens? There's an angel of the Lord that opens the gates of the prison. Now that's really kind of comical. Why would I say that? They don't believe in angels. So an angel whose very existence was denied by the Sadducees opened the door so that the apostles could go back to the temple and preach again. (laughs) The angels never do the preaching in the book of Acts. They just get it to where the preachers can do the preaching, the human preachers. Uh, There's not a gospel according to an angel. Um, So, um, that's what happens. Can you imagine after being in prison like this, being told you're out now, go right back to the temple and preach again. That would be a little challenging, I think. But that's what they do. And he says in verse 20, go stand and speak to the people. You know, take your stand. You know, hold your ground and teach them. And so the next day, the high priest calls the council together and everybody (laughs) and has what done?
1: Those prisoners. Yeah,
0: we want them brought here before us. You know they've been held overnight. Now bring them out. You know jumpsuits and all, or whatever. Well, what happens? They couldn't find them. Uh, wow. The these these highest officials in Israel will gather together to judge prisoners they don't have. They weren't there. But what was amazing about it?
5: Locked. The guards were in place.
0: <laughs> they just vanished into thin air. You know, I mean, the whole thing's just secure still. doesn't make sense. And suddenly somebody comes in and tells them what?
5: These guys you're looking for, they're out uh, there. They're, they're, they're
1: in the <laughs> temple. They're, they're teaching people again.
5: Yeah, they escaped and ran away. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Some of you
1: escaped prisoners. They're in public and they're preaching again.
0: That is just such an amazing thing. You know, you don't ever read about the Sadducees asking them how they got out. <laughs> they probably knew they didn't want to know. And, uh, and you go to the temple. Who basically is in charge in the temple? The Sadducees, the priests, that were mostly Sadducees, they stick it right back in their face. They go right back to the temple and start preaching, and they're, they're looking for them in prison. They can't find them; they're gone. Suddenly, somebody comes. They're in the temple, guys, preaching again. What must they have felt? of stupid. It's
1: infuriating.
0: It. You know, wow. This is this is bad. And uh, you remember what the apostles had prayed for back in chapter 4? What, Tasha? What do you see here? They got guts. Take right back in the face of these Jewish leaders, preaching in the temple, uh, the the whole message of this life. So that's the situation. They've got prisoners they don't seem to manage to be
3: able to hang on to. You think they struggle with their attitude, keeping their attitude right, you know, not trying to get back at them as much as trying to glorify God and save souls? I would.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. they just got amazing, amazing willingness to do what the Lord says, amazing focus on what they really need to be doing. They're not really worried about anything else. They're preaching the message. Wherever they are, to whoever they can. You know, because the next thing we know they're going to be on trial to preach the message. I mean, they're just constantly focused on their mission. Other comments and questions?
1: The message that they're preaching is basically the resurrection of Jesus, which the whole resurrection thing is another thing the Sadducees had a problem with. I mean, I I was like looking and thinking that so in, in 433 they were with great power giving testimony to the resurrection and then we have this little interlude and now the Sadducees are reacting to that preaching of the resurrection that has been done with great power and
0: Absolutely. So, this is kind of a problem for the Sadducees, and they uh, they go to bring them back without violence. Why without violence?
1: For they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned. Do
0: you ever wonder what they did? How do you do that? Now, I'm, I'm imagining them going up to the apostles and saying, you know, would you would you mind coming with us? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean that's just kind of a you know, we're not gonna arrest you, but we sure would appreciate it if you tag along here, you know. <laughs> but they're they're trying to keep down a riot. And uh, so that that's what they uh that's the, what they're going to do. Comments further through, five twenty six.
1: They the angel unlocked the gate, but then apparently locked it back up because the prison house was locked.
0: Mm-hmm. I assume so. That's what I assume. Unless I don't know if the guards came to their senses and realized the door was open and closed it. I don't know. It's possible too. I suppose. I'm sort of figuring the angel.
5: And it was polite. Shut the door. Yeah. like born in a barn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll keep that in mind. Raise
5: the bar and shut the door.
0: Yeah. All right, why don't we stop here then, and we'll uh, pick up in um, 527, Lord willing. There you go.